0: Right, welcome into the december 7th edition of the suspended indefinitely podcast i'm justin reschke joined here in studio by alex gratis and here. joined remotely all the way across the country in the orlando florida ryan noonan how are we doing we are doing great yeah how i'm are alive you doing i'm alive awesome good yep well i'll tell you what we have a huge show today a lot of college football to talk about from this past weekend bowl season is set so all the speculation that we've been over the the last several weeks it has all come to fruition our predictions have been 100 accurate as always don't fact check that not that anybody would want to go back and listen anyway but yes we're always correct so We'll talk about what happened on Saturday. We'll talk. Why would you have to coverage. throw
1: college football in my face right off the bat?
0: I'm just saying. You know, that's that's that, that's how we do the show. That's how we do the show. So that'll be segment one, and then uh, of course we're going to be getting into some NFL talk. We have a great guest coming on, Josh Fathlahi, self-proclaimed fantasy football <laughs> expert. Uh, he's written for RotoWire, uh, some other services in the past. So he'll be giving us some advice as we head into fantasy football playoffs uh, over the next few weeks. And uh, after that, we've already had some big MLB free agent signings that we can dive into. There might even be one that happens uh, while we're recording this show. Maybe it'll be uh, breaking news by tomorrow morning, but we'll see that, of course, being Aaron Judge. Uh, arson Judge. Sorry, Arson Judge, according to John Heyman <laughs> and Reddit. Um,
2: yeah, but, John Heyman needs to I go his
0: do, room. I do want to mention really quick before – We, uh, sorry, I I didn't mean to cut you off there, Ryan. Go ahead. John Heyman's on timeout. He needs to go to his room. Oh, boy. Okay. We're going to skip right over that because better than that, I do want to give a huge shout out and a thank you to a friend of the show, a sponsor of the Suspended Indefinitely podcast, and of course, I'm talking about GANZO. GANZO is a cloud storage solution that allows users to easily drag and drop their files to upload them to their account. Not only is it easy, but it's also secure and affordable and allows users to back up all of their files without breaking the bank. Ganzo offers reliable storage, fast transfers, and end-to-end encryption so you don't have to worry about security. You can easily share files with friends, if you have any, Ryan, and family, and store, share, and collaborate from any mobile device, tablet, or computer, which is perfect when you're traveling this holiday season. And hey, course, why don't you just
1: drink another zima
0: of course alex speaking of the holidays ganso makes the perfect gift as well if there's somebody on your list you're trying to think of something last minute introduce them to ganso open a free account you don't have to tell
2: them it's free i need storage space and all my friends need we all too. do it's perfect. we all do
0: but i tell you what not only is ganso offering special launch deals right now as well as a free plan where anybody who wants to try GANZO can get five gigabytes of storage for absolutely free. Oh. GANZO deal! The all their plans with a 14-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk in trying their cloud storage services. Sign up today at GANZO.io. That's G-A-N-S-O. I-O. And explore their affordable cloud storage solutions and claim your free five gigabytes of storage today. GANZO see i like that <laughs> nice wow now, that, Kanzo, was, you know, Kanzo, that was is great yeah. um, it's super easy to use it helps us share files uh with the show like i said we're across the country and love uh, know, i was thinking about it today it probably makes a great
2: gift too there are two things that i love and that's sharing and files
1: that's and a damn way. lie you don't like sharing and, you know you know good and damn well you don't
2: like sharing and when the two come together let me tell you Ganso, the perfect product. For sharing that. files. Easy and secure. Yeah. I'll
0: tell you what's not secure. USC spot oh! the college football. Player.
1: Oh, snap. Ah. What a transition. You like that? That's yeah. called a segue. Nice
2: right? nice not cigu- the scooter. Nice segue, cigu- not the scooter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes, yeah, Saturday, actually no, sorry, Friday. Yeah, let's I go forgot that. Pack 12 Pac-12 plays on Fridays. Um, it's a huge yeah, game. USC goes down Friday night, defeated again by Utah. 0 and two to Utah on the season. Um, Ryan, I I know that you're a bit, maybe not a USC fan, but you you follow USC a little bit. Was was that kind of what you saw coming? You know, no, I <laughs> I it is to,
1: today, just to be. What, are, so, are you asking if I was expecting an ass kicking? <laughs> uh yeah i mean no i was not expecting an ass kicking well let me say this i was expecting a high scoring Mm game i was not expecting the high scoring to be one-sided
0: right i thought in typical lincoln riley fashion it was going to be a shootout yeah i mean that's that's his team's west coast offense caleb williams mo and obviously there's no defense uh in the pac 12.
1: I'll tell you I'll tell you right now though I I don't think Caleb Williams is your Heisman front runner anymore no I mean I I
0: certainly don't think so either
1: no I think it's T.J. Strouds
0: to to lose we'll see but But, I mean just talking about Caleb Williams in that game he was injured early on Lincoln Riley said after the fact that Williams wanted to stay in the game wanted to win the game for his team but I mean there, there was definitely a point in the second half where you could tell that Caleb Williams was just not going to come back from whatever was ailing him. Um, I, I believe it ended up being a hip injury. Well, yeah, how much is that spin? How much of that is spin by his coach to help preserve the Heisman, though? I Maybe a little bit, but I don't, I don't think that Lincoln Riley is a first-year head coach at USC. He's True. not looking for spin.
3: That's he's, a point.
0: he's looking to win the Pac-12, and he's looking to make the college football playoff. And I don't think even after the fact, he's gonna necessarily protect his quarterback because if he's doing that, he's basically admitting that, that he may have made a mistake. Yeah. I think USC is back.
1: And I think USC is gonna put the rest of the country on notice, particularly when USC and UCLA Move to the Big Ten um so I think even though this is such a crappy result for the fan base I think going forward they're laying solid foundation for
0: years to come particularly when they move to the Big Ten yeah certainly it was it was ultimately a good showing for the conference a good showing for the back yep. 12. Um, at one point I think they had uh maybe three teams um all up there in the top 10 in the CFP rankings at one point in the season yeah. um U- ucla and oregon kind of sputtered toward the end but uh they both started their season strong um they were even nine and ten when they matched up against each other i believe so a good showing there um usa not getting <laughs> it done ultimately uh against utah but utah finishes uh this season um with a pac-12 championship and they're headed to the rose bowl to face penn state so a good showing from them as well so you've got a lot of really good teams in the Pac-12, actually, that, you know, did find their way up into the top 15, certainly, and at different points in uh, floating around the top 10. And USC, you know, had they been able to bring this one home, they, they would have been a playoff team, no doubt.
1: Yeah. Uh, quick quick side note, though. Um, is USC, UCLA to the Big Ten, is that like a
0: done-dusted deal? Yeah, pr- pretty much. The, the UC Regents for California – have very little to do with the athletic departments, but they like uh, to think they they're do. still going to have a meeting and they still basically have to review this. Um, it only affects you UCLA. It doesn't affect USC as a private school. So okay. they're still going to review it uh, for, yeah. for UCLA, but it's expected to go through because there's so much money tied up. In I was going to say, there's no way they're going to block that move for UCLA. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, the other, The other UCs are ultimately going to benefit this, you know, in the long run.
1: Right. So I'm with you.
0: I think ultimately it's a done deal, but it is going to kind of change, obviously, the face of the Pac-12. But it's going to really kind of change the UC system as well, because all of a sudden you're going to have one of your biggest brands, probably the biggest brand in the UC system. And they're going to be in a historically very heavy Midwest athletic conference.
1: I'm with you.
0: Yeah. Um, Dude, how about how about what this means for the Ohio State Buckeyes? Because I am completely conflicted. I was ready. I was telling people that, hey, bring on the cheese bowl or whatever. This season was lost in Columbus, Ohio, Thanksgiving weekend, and I was ready to move on. I, I don't know,
1: but I don't know what makes me happier, though, because you know that the Ohio State
0: Buckeyes, that's my
1: adopted team. Nothing. out of nothing but love for you. You know that, right? Oh, yeah, for
0: sure. But I mean, well, I, I don't know what I love. I washed like my jersey. Fact. I put it away in mothballs until next yeah. year. I was trying to find a fanatic steal to buy a new one because I'm tired of that one because it's only yep. two right now. And um, all of a sudden, you know, Friday night, it becomes pretty apparent that Ohio State's going to end up the number 14 in the country. And you know we're we're headed uh, to face Georgia.
1: Well, and I don't know, but I don't know what I like more—the fact that it gives you joy, or it gives Bama fans misery.
0: Yeah, I mean Bama. No, you know, you know had I love it when
1: you know Bama I love had a
0: case. When Bama fans are miserable. Alabama loses two games by a total of three points across two games, and not only did they lose two games, they lost you know to two top five teams at the time when they played them didn't end the season that way, but they were when they played them. So do you take Ohio state, you know, with one loss, but they get blown out at home by the number two team in the country, or do you take Alabama that loses by three points? Uh, Both of those were road losses, by the way. So you, you take a Bama team that only loses by three points to two top five teams. How about that argument? No, no, I think, I think
1: the CFP got it right because How many close calls did Ohio State have all season?
0: None. Exactly. How many close calls did Alabama have? Yeah, I mean, Alabama could have very easily been a four-loss team.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Because if you're going to give a team at the number four position a benefit of the doubt, it's going to be Ohio State over Alabama specifically in that regard. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think there's a question there. I think CFP got it right hands down.
0: Alex, do you want to defend the Crimson Tide here at all
2: no I mean I you can't really this year I mean I think uh I I, there's not much to defend there to be honest with you yeah Not, not this year anyway you know in years past maybe but I I don't have a lot of bullets in the chamber you know for for this
1: yeah well
2: yep I think
1: next season's going to be telling because if Bama continues to struggle, you got to wonder, you know, is there a shift in the momentum in the sec? Yeah,
0: that's, that's what we've been talking about. I mean, Georgia is firmly at the top. LSU, no, no about that. LSU, LSU is for real. They're not quite on Georgia's level, but I think, you know, they, they, they took down Alabama this year. Um, they really showed no signs of slowing down going into that SEC championship game before getting seamrolled. I'm going to give you a wild card against a good defense. I'm going to give you a wild card to to, to think about. Oh, boy. Q freeze. Yeah, here we go. Okay. I mean, hey, Auburn's going to end up bull eligible, so that's different. Well, uh, not this year,
1: they're not, but next year, God willing, they are. But. Hugh Freeze has beaten Alabama and Nick Saban twice. So yeah. I think if but you're Alabama. Was, what, two decades ago? No, it's not two decades ago, dumbass. How If you're Nick Saban in Alabama, I think you better start kissing goodbye your you know, years of expected dominance because you're going to be taking it on multiple fronts from multiple
0: teams. yeah who's who's coming up behind Bryce Young see this is where we need Christine the mythical podcast guest well so you know you know
1: there, okay think of that question that you just asked right there
0: mm-hmm. the
1: fact that we don't
0: know it's telling yeah I mean well is it gonna be um I'm trying to think of his name uh played the handful I, I'm going to the depth chart early Jalen Milrow, redshirt freshman. Okay. Um, they also have Ty Simpson, who was a true freshman this year. That's who they have right now. Of course, with the transfer portal, it could be anybody. All right. But um, Jalen Milrow for Alabama, he, he's more of a runner than a thrower. But, I mean, he looked good. He, he looked really good this year.
1: Well, Alabama's also been losing guys to the transfer portal, too. So.
0: Yeah, they, they lost some depth guys. Of course, they're going to lose guys to the draft. But – you know, everyone's saying it was a down year for them, but that's kind of what they said, you know, when Jalen Hurts was taking over a quarterback. There were a lot of question marks with him if if he could actually hang in the pocket and and throw the rock. Then all of a sudden, you know, Hurts is a world beater, and then it shifts to Mac Jones. And everyone is saying, ah, you know, Mac Jones, he's a depth chart guy. He was a practice squad guy. He's a great team guy. But is he really a guy that, you know, can can take that program and lead it? And all of a sudden, he's easily a first rounder, and he's playing for the New England Patriots right now. So, th- yeah. Well, don't get me started on Alabama quarterbacks
1: in the NFL because I can go on a tangent on that for hours.
0: Yeah, I mean they they produced with Jalen Hurts. That's it. Yeah, well, I mean it's still you know jury's still out on, on Mac Jones. He's had flashes of brilliance. He's had you know flashes of being Billy Zappy. So yeah. And,
1: well, you know. Matt Jones has a scrap heap around him in New England. You got to give him that, but I think the only quarterback from the University of Alabama that has had any remote success is Jalen Hurts, and then the one, the closest one before that is Kenny Stabler. That's it. God mm-hmm. uh, Joe Namath. i uh, Joe. Joel, that, Broadway, yeah, Broadway Joe. Joe. Sorry, I forgot that Broadway Joe. I apologize.
2: Yeah. But no, so you've you got
1: three guys there out of over spanning how many decades
2: yeah you you're not wrong you got greg mcelroy you're you're a.j mccarron i mean a.j mccarron yes. was serviceable for a while yeah but not anywhere Adrian near McCarran. you know a jalen hurts but um yeah it's it's a good point you really I don't mean, you really don't find much success at the nfl level with alabama quarterbacks
1: hey listen i'm not trying to talk smack you don't find success with auburn quarterbacks there either so it's not like it's
2: Scam newton scam newton yeah yeah that's, that's
1: about it i'm sorry did you just pronounce his name in, in, inappropriately and correctly
2: sorry scam newton yeah sorry. sorry did he did kay. he steal crab or not i no, will that was, reach
0: that was James.
1: through this damn computer and slap the taste $8, out of your mouth. But you will put some respect on his name
0: why because <laughs> i said so
1: gonna put some damn respect on his name. It is Cameron Newton.
0: Cameron. Wow. Scammer Newton. Got it. All right. Move on. Okay.
2: Patriots, great.
0: I'll I'll tell you about a a quarterback that all of a sudden I do respect, and I didn't watch nearly as much of this guy as I should have throughout the course of the season if I realized that he was going to play every football game like he played on Saturday. Uh, And, of course, I'm, I'm talking about Max Duggan. This dude. Did you see that guy? No.
1: I didn't watch. No, I didn't, I didn't watch. So, admittedly, I watched no college football over the weekend.
0: That was a big mistake.
1: I just had to – well, dude, I mean, first of all, the dumpster fire that was Auburn football this year, why would I want to watch?
0: Because you're a football fan. I am a football fan. You have to cleanse your football palate of all things Auburn i couldn't bring myself to do it i i just i couldn't do it so dude max duggan you look at it on paper it's it's pretty bad 18 to 36 251 yards uh on averaging ground, 70 though. yards of pass and you know one touchdown one interception not spectacular but then you dig in a little bit deeper and you look at his rushing yards 15 carries, 110 yards, and a rushing touchdown, which was on their final drive of the fourth quarter to tie the game. So what does this guy do? He's gassed after – I mean, first of all, he had like a a 20- or 30-yard run to get it down there. Then they call his number again, and it's a quarterback rush, and he scrambles and just runs into the end zone, and he literally collapses. He goes down to his knees and he's just gassed then all of a sudden he needs to convert the two-point conversion and he goes out and he does that too and all of a sudden we're going to overtime it was incredible I did I did catch a little bit of his
1: post-game press conference though.
0: yeah dude I mean he was he was banged up he was bruised up at one point they said that he had like 11 cuts all over his body or something his arms were bloody his face was all banged up dude I mean that was that was a football performance, and that was a championship performance. And, I mean, yeah, Kansas State, they walk away with the game. Ultimately, it doesn't change things as far as the CFP is concerned. But it does solidify a Big 12 title for Kansas State, well-deserved, number 10 team in the country coming into that one. But um, Max Duggan very quickly, really within one drive, elevated himself directly into the middle of the Heisman conversation.
2: And He's how not one of them. Go ahead, Alex. How do you feel if you're maxed and you lose that game? You know, you're, you're ranked third, you're playing Kansas State, you give it your all and it still wasn't enough. You're, you're battered, you're beaten, you're bloody, and you're still gonna walk away with the loss. How you
0: I think you feel bad for a few minutes, but then you realize that you left it all out there on the field and you think, okay, the next day, Sunday morning, they found out at, at 8 a.m. local time. They're still the number three team in the country. Okay, that's fine. Then you start to look forward and you say, wow, you know, we brought a TCU program to 11-1. and one. That's pretty damn impressive. And to wrap it all up, everyone forgets about this. They already beat Kansas State by 10 points earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they were going to remain number three. They don't, they don't need to avenge that loss. They don't have, you know, this question mark hanging over their head. They already beat Kansas State. So they lost to them in overtime. So what? You know, I think that you move on and I think Max Duggan, I don't want to be I don't want to be Michigan facing him. I'll tell you that he's he's got a fire under his ass.
1: Yeah. And Michigan finds new ways
0: to just
1: do something stupid every week. So who does Michigan? What? What? Like like what in the Big Ten? Well, just I mean, you name it, they do something dumb every week. So
2: did almost lose to Purdue. I mean, they, they they ended up winning that game. Well, it was close, handily, but it was close. To it was closer at half than it. Oh, sorry,
1: been. it's Sorry, it's in my nature to make fun of Michigan when they fucking celebrated by taking Army to double overtime and winning.
0: So yeah, if you if you have to win and double overtime against Army, you don't charge the field.
1: Well, and then you celebrate like dumbasses. So that just
0: that still to this day annoys me to no end. Yeah, I mean, it kind of pisses me off because, you know, I used to be able to say, act like you've been there. But, you know, here they are, number two in the country. Yeah, well, you get another shot at them, hopefully. Yeah, that's unfortunately what everyone is already talking about. I mean, Ohio State has to go down to Georgia and play Atlanta in a home game. Good luck with it. Buckeye Nation travels well. It's not going to be – as one-sided as I think the LSU game was because listening to that crowd on television sounded loud. So as the only guy up.
1: here, and let me just say this, as the only guy here who has actually ever been inside that stadium mm-hmm. or a football game, what you hear on TV is nothing compared to what's like to actually being there. That place is loud.
0: Yeah. They, they had the roof open. I think for that one, um, we'll, we'll see if it's open. It probably won't be uh, for the playoff. And that will, of course, enhance the noise. But hopefully, Buck and Asia could show up and, and equalize it a little bit because <coughs> you know, I think Georgia really feeds off that energy.
1: you guys still there
2: <laughs> yeah 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 we're here yeah I'm completely lost I went to go get a white claw and then I'm trying to get the the rundown for the next segment up and then Justin just stopped talking he's looking at me and is pointing <laughs> at me I have no idea what's going on what were we talking about don't worry about it
1: good job. what kind of men? oh lord this is too... anyways continue <laughs> what's wrong what's um, wrong I'm just listening to all of y'all. A already. great
2: podcast.
1: That's, yeah, that's what I'm
2: going to call it. Everybody's <laughs> tuned out by now.
0: Now, um, give me your predictions for the two playoff games.
2: Real, real quick,
0: uh, and then we're bringing Josh in. So, just real quick,
1: I don't, I think Georgia over the Bucks. sorry, dude, but i just if it was a more neutral site i think you'd have a fighting chance i'm gonna say yeah, they,
0: they opened as six and a half uh favorites who did georgia
1: okay i'm gonna go georgia over the um over the bucks but it's gonna be close
0: yeah their uh their offense was surprising putting up 50 against lsu yeah Stetson bennett you know, I didn't think that he was really capable of that kind of an offensive performance, but he is, and maybe he's the Heisman fighter. You know, well, Stetson Bennett's
1: going to be your, your Heisman runner-up at the very least. It's going to be Stetson Bennett, or it's going to be Caleb uh, – uh, Caleb, good God,
0: C.J. Stroud. Yeah, Stroud might back in just on on total numbers over yeah. the course of the season, but if you look at it game-by-game game performance, it's not that impressive. I mean, well, same thing can be said you, for Caleb Williams.
1: I'm going to tell you for the other uh, playoff game – uh, to your point about, um, about Max Duggan. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the kind of game that Michigan is going to find a way to do something stupid mm-hmm. and I think they're going to fall all over themselves. And I think Max Duggan is going to, he's not going to lose again.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's they're they're going to have to have a game plan to shut him down on the ground. But I that's, also, that's it. I also think this game is going to be close. It's going to be closer than people think. Michigan opened as a nine and a half point favorite, which I was Yeah, they're not going to gonna get. Michigan's not covering the spread on that one. Anybody who thinks they are is crazy. Yeah, TCU is going to hang with them for four quarters, and I yes. don't really think that they're going to let them get out to too much of a lead. No, Openly, I, coming down, unfortunately, to a field I think goal. Michigan does pull it out. I don't think that TCU has seen a defense like they have. Um, and I, I just don't think that they have the manpower um, and the athleticism to really match up. I mean, it would this was a team that shut down the best wide receiving core in the country.
1: Yeah, that game
0: and they absolutely Great. That game is coming down to a field goal. It it could. I mean, I maybe it'll be low scoring. You know, I don't know, because I don't think yeah. that the TCU is gonna let them pull out too much.
1: Yeah, I just I mean, you gotta look at it like this. What's the driving force for for every team, right? It's the quarterback
0: play. Typically, okay.
1: Um, Max, I, I look heart. at
0: the
1: plus unit. No, no, Max, I'm talking. Okay, you have Max Duggan's heart and everything you just talked about, right? His mm-hmm. liver versus <laughs> who's even Michigan's guy? I don't even know. McCarthy.
0: Okay, I, so five, I don't even know Recruit. Um, his whole thing is he's a dual threat quarterback. He was, I think, one of the top five or even top two or three uh, dual threat guys when he's being recruited. But his his whole thing was keep him in the pocket make him throw it, and he can't do it. Yeah, but so that's, that's going to be that what TCU he, does. He proved everybody wrong in the second half against Ohio State. So yeah. he, he can throw it. That's going to be what TCU does. Yeah, I mean, and they've, they've got the defensive line to do it and to keep him in the pocket, yep. I don't think that they have the corners and the same secondary that Ohio State had, but McCarthy was still able to pick apart our safeties, especially, you know, in yeah, the second half and fourth quarter, and that that might just be, you know. If their they can game. suffocate McCarthy, that's it. They're going to have to get to him early and pressure him early, and I think that yep. they're actually going to have to play a lot of cover two and a lot of zone, and, Probably. you know, really force those receivers to open up. Yeah. But totally agree. we'll see. But I do um I do want to move on to uh NFL talk and fantasy football talk. We uh we haven't talked a lot of fantasy on here. We've alluded to it. We all play fantasy football. Um oh, and with God. that I want to bring in uh a guest. I, I guess Newton is non-plussed Whatever, that's no, fine. You because he can be whatever he wants. What do you Tennessee
1: want? Fantasy football is the bane of my existence this year but anyways go ahead sorry well here's the guy that's going to help us
0: fix it <sighs> and that's going to be josh fathlahi i want to bring him in uh it's first first time hopefully not the last time on the show with us um josh has uh written for rotowire um he uh he's unfortunately destroyed me and some leagues that we've been in over the years and um yeah happy to have him uh on the show today uh, if he's there, he is. Josh, how's it going? Hey, it's pretty good. C- can you hear me all right, Justin? Yeah, I got you good. Yeah, you Gosh, sound how are Sounded earlier.
4: Good, good. Uh, I'm I'm doing all right. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, uh, to the nice introduction there. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. And I was going to say, while yes, I have beaten Justin in Fantasy uh, in the past. Uh, he did teach me. I learned some stuff from him. He is the oh, master what, of the fantasy
1: don't. mind game. Don't blow up his ego any higher than it already is. <laughs> it's the man's birthday. No, no, he's, he
0: he's right. Fantasy mind games. Mind games go a long way in fantasy, especially when you really know your opponent and you you understand what makes them tick. Yeah. And kind of that's like
3: that's some...
0: really key. Oh, geez. No, I picked that up from you, and you know we, we've used
4: mind games on each other. Uh, Jedi mind tricks. So, yeah. so uh, you know, you've always been a respectable opponent wow that's Despite disappointing myself. to hear
1: there's absolutely <laughs> nothing respectable about justin's fantasy football game
0: thank you or, or him thank you for setting the record um, all right well, well what, what do we what do we want to get into today uh, guys well okay so josh i want to i want to pick your your brain a little bit because it pisses me off every single week i fire up yahoo it's tuesday morning I'm usually just coming off devastating loss or a matchup that I win by 60. Well, it's it's either one or the other. It's it's never no, it's never right. like a blowout loss.
1: Yeah, well don't forget to combine that with your tantrum of the Chargers losing.
0: Well, yeah, there's always that too, especially this week. But but wait, you're a Chargers? My, stand my whole roster, we can
4: get into that later.
0: <laughs> my whole <laughs> roster this year, every single week is questionable. I mean, I've got Kyler Murray. I've got uh, Debo Samuel. I've got Josh Jacobs, who is the best questionable player. He's he's a questionable Hall of Famer. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's the only question with him now <laughs> in all these big games. <laughs> he's got a he's he's got the best calf injury in the history of the game. But um, I mean, Pretty is sure. is there anybody that that Europe are just perpetually frustrated with? You know this season on on your teams or team that you know you just look at like oh man like do i play this guy do i not play this guy because i've got several of them
4: yeah that's uh that's quite the coincidence because i also have had that problem this year uh i've actually had a pretty bad fantasy year mainly because of injuries i mean i, I drafted kittle healthy and then you know, he got this injury like the day before the season started, and I lost him for three weeks. And Shanahan doesn't even know how to use him when when he is in there. So, the you know, that was one. Etienne was another one that I had high hopes for. He sucked and then was good, but now he's hurt again.
0: Uh... Josh? Josh, do we lose you? Is Josh questionable? Josh? Wait, Josh? uh yeah Speak. you're back oh okay. he's a green texture. weird sorry. yeah I, yeah
4: uh no. it, it, anyways I don't, I don't know where i could where it disconnected there but but essentially i've also it's been having government problems too, this um, one, oh sorry what was that do you guys have me <laughs> yeah
2: oh yeah sorry yeah. You're good.
4: okay all right uh technical difficulties we will we'll, we'll push through here, but yeah, essentially, it's just been a wild year with injuries, uh, players in and out. Wild scores, too. We have like big name players that are not performing the way we you know expected them to. A lot of guys like Gabe Davis, who I've had who's been a joy to own some weeks, but other weeks he gets like
0: one catch for eight yards. So it's been kind of a wild <laughs> season uh, like you said. so i've got I've got a tight end conundrum. Started Let's out hear it. With Dawson Knox. Same. thought it was pretty solid. Alex as well. That's you know, why I want to bring this up. Startup. I mean, he's solid. He's not getting the targets whatsoever this year. He's, he gets maybe, maybe four or five a game, and it's usually more like one or two. And he's had a handful of weeks where he's been worth a shit. But when he's been good, he's been good for a tight end. But, Josh, I got to get your opinion on this move. I think it was week three. Taysom hill hits the waiver wire in my league and he he's oh, still, the dreaded Taysom hill category. He still to this day has tight end eligibility in yahoo leagues yeah. and so i i yeah. just he's he's my plug and play and he might get me two points or he might get me 35. <laughs> i think You're- you made a excellent move a bold a bold move but
4: one with uh great foresight because knox really hasn't even come around like you said, other than a couple games. And Taysom Hill, I mean, look at other than Kelsey, even, you know, the great George Kittle has had weeks where he does, you know, dog shit, like, like 20 yards. So, in all honesty, like those – Hill might be one of the better tight ends this year at the end when all things are said and done. Because, yeah, he has those, like, three or four games where he'll win you
2: an entire matchup on his own at the I, tight end position I, I, I got I got to push back. I got to push back on this. So, you see Taysom Hill, we we like to think of him as the 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 cheat code, right? At the tight end position because he's a quarterback usually, you know, he, he might get you those those 30, 40 points or whatever, but he's only had one of those games this year and that was in week 5. After that, he's only had two double digit games, one eleven points and one twelve, which was last week. Everything in between there is just trash.
0: Well, it so doesn't he, help the fact I, I needed 10 points from him last night. He
2: got me 12. Well, there you go. I mean, it works out for you. <laughs> but you like, ultimately, that I don't think too. I don't think the play is, you know, let's let's you know play and pray with Taysom Hill at tight end when you could put in Dawson Knox and yeah, no. he might get his four targets, but you know, if That's one of those is that'll that'll get you your you know your week. So no, see, I but disagree. I, sorry, go ahead.
1: <laughs> I disagree because Josh and Josh, tell me what you think. I think that um, that Taysom Hill is a perpetual question mark because he has a coach who has no idea what he's doing, and I think Dennis Allen as head coach. First of all, Dennis Allen's a defensive guy. So when you have when you have Dennis Allen and I don't even know who the offensive coordinator is for the Saints. So I think you went from having Taysom Hill being a valuable plug and play guy like Justin was saying to a guy who you don't know who's going to show up. And it's because of questionable coaching.
4: Well, that's where it really comes down to. That's where the bad games come in. I mean, we all know that Taysom Hill is the greatest football player of all time. But uh, aside from that, like, he, the game's where he's terrible because affair. he gets, like, three touches. Huh?
1: Right.
4: You, you know, they, they say Bo Jackson, Taysom Hill, Tom Brady. <laughs> that's kind of the discussion, really. But, but, right. but, 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 you know, in all seriousness, you're right. The coaching has something to do with it. But it's also the type of player he is. I mean, he's not, you know, we saw him when they let him start, you know, towards the end of Bree's career.
2: Uh, yeah. He's
4: not a good coach. I mean, he's really only good for – like, you could throw it far, but he's not accurate. Um, he's a very good runner. I mean, like, I think that he should have tight end eligibility. because I mean, he didn't he just catch a receiving touchdown yeah. on Monday? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a tight end. So, I mean, I don't think it's fluky. I think it's really neat that he has that ability to throw for a touchdown or maybe rip off a couple big runs. But, yeah, I mean, he's boomer bust. He's not a – you know, when they do tight end rankings, like I said, he, he'll probably finish as one of the top ones from just because the position is so – You know, terrible this year. I mean, I I don't know. what. Like you said, even Dawson Knox. It's like, yeah, okay. He's probably more consistent, but what are your team needs? Do you want three points every week or do you want zero or maybe 20,
2: you know? Right. Unless you've got Kelsey or Andrews, you really are going to – you're not going to get much of your tight end position. Now – Justin and I both had Dawson Knox this year. I I chose Dawson Knox because I have Josh Allen, so I was trying to get that stack going. So, But we both moved on. He decided to go with Taysom Hill. I went a different route. I traded, and through a series of moves, I ended up with TJ Hawkinson. Now, who do you think improved more at the tight end position? Uh Moving up from Dawson Knox. Oh,
4: yeah, that's yeah. the question. This is easy, Alex. You got the better deal there. I mean, TJ Hawkinson is actually a tier. You know, he's no Andrews or Kelsey, but really that's like those two, and then then it drops off. And I mean, he, he's up there too. He's an athletic tight end. And I mean, hell, going from Knox to Hawkinson, that's the much bigger upgrade. And, uh, but wait, are you talking about – That's like in Madden when you flip like three guys in franchise mode over a couple of years
2: and you end up with a much better player. <laughs> Yeah. wait are you great, talking about year.
1: hawkinson after he got traded to the vikings or before he got traded to the vikings
2: uh well he's on the vikings now and i still have him so i guess i oh, gotcha right.
1: okay pretty
4: much been the same right like he's kind of been producing from what i could t- i don't i don't have Hawkins- here, hawkinson's
2: but. been great for me um and you know what's funny is i actually had irv smith jr a couple weeks before that he was producing before he got hurt so i mean the the tight end position in minnesota has been getting plenty of looks which is good for me yeah and this is how my season's gone i also had irv smith jr early to fill
4: in for my Kittle debacle <laughs> roll time. I had him for the game where he had uh <laughs> i had him for the game where. He had, what, like two two drops and zero catches? Yeah, and then <laughs> I, so I, I, that's well, what I, I got from Irv Smith. And then he started. Drops are well. a big I, problem for Irv Smith. I,
0: I had Irv Smith, and he was actually who I dropped to pick up Taysom Hill. So I, I hung on to Dawson Knox, and for the next six or seven weeks there, I actually kept Knox. Um, so it was kind of a toss-up, but I usually always found myself going with Taysom Hill because why the hell not? It's
4: Taysom fucking Hill. Yeah. he's Taysom fucking Hill.
0: I
2: got, a, I got a
0: question. You. You. So,
2: right. how, first of all, how many leagues do you play in typically a year? Do you do like one? To, I only play in one. Most people I know do like one to two to three. Are you one of those people that play like two to three leagues? Or are you one of these psychopaths that play like nine to ten leagues?
4: D- definitely not a psychopath. Probably the closest I got to that was in baseball, which doesn't make yeah. sense because that takes much more work. But – I mean, I really have never done more than, like, I'd say five with, like, two or three of them being, like, pretty darn competitive, you know. Uh, This year, I took a step back uh, the last couple years. And so I'm doing less now. But, you know, I still obviously follow it because it's it's my job to do that and also to enjoy. But I'm totally with you. Like, I, I think, honestly, more than one. Like, I think you can handle two for me personally, and have fun still. But after that, it becomes a chore, you know?
2: Well, the reason I ask is the more teams you have, typically the harder it is to manage and keep up with. So if you're doing, let's say in a typical year, you do five teams. Is your strategy in those drafts, are you trying to get like one particular guy on the same roster so it's easier to deal with? Or are you just trying to go with the best team you can put together each time, not so much worrying about who you have on other teams? 'Cause I, I have this issue a lot with a lot of my friends. You're like, oh, I have five leagues and it's like I've got different guys on each team though. It's like, well then how how do you root for guys? You know, like how do you watch games on Sunday and like pick a team to root for? It doesn't make any sense. It,
4: exactly. And and that's where that's what I like learn naturally. You know, you're having so much fun when you first start, you start joining all these leagues and then yeah, after a while it's like, All right, well, you have everybody and then there's no real <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole point is to root for games. It's not like your team that you're just right. a fan of, right? Uh, but, but I guess in terms of the draft strategy, no, I've never thought about that. Um, uh, I, I'll, I guess I can go more into the actual strategy itself. I, I think more along the lines of like, what's the league? Is it nowadays? are I mean, do you guys play in like one QB or do you use like the the super, the super flex, flex. That has like a <laughs> second? I play super
1: flex, three but. quarterbacks. What? Well, do hold
4: more?
0: on. We got to break this. You know, All right. What are you starting three quarterbacks? quarterbacks? quarterbacks. Hey. My league. What
2: is it like? Four teams in listen, this
1: league. Listen, don't get me started. Don't get me started on the angst. I can't even tell you the angst that this causes me. We have to draft three fucking quarterbacks in this league. Now, Josh, I want to package this stupidity in with and with a question that I have for you. Um, for your brethren like myself who committed the ultimate act of dumbassery and uh forgot about the fantasy draft. Oh, that's party fun. Uh, and was left with to say that I was left with um a scrap heap is is being polite to a scrap heap.
2: You get like Davis Mills, Baker Mayfield and oh, it, Marcus oh, Mariota. <laughs>
1: hope hope you hang on. I I basically have, I basically have the equivalent of 12 kickers on my on my roster that's just basically what it is so josh how do i how because i'm legitimately struggling with this how do i keep the desire to want to be a part of the league when i did something so stupid at the very beginning um well
4: being that it's this far <laughs> in the season, you probably know whether you have a chance or not. But I will say, just on a side note, the league that I'm in this year, the first, like, one of the top two seeds was the team that, like, forgot about the draft and auto-drafted. So, yeah. you know, it's not always doom and gloom. Sometimes you can, you know, you can work with it. But it's tough really. in football, man. I mean, like, I think well, I'll talk i talked mean, about this with Seth and Justin, like, how hard it is to rebound yeah. from losing, like, a top pick in football because the season's so short. And oh, I know you know, like, rarely do like first second round talent guys just pop up and like you know are good all year off waivers so so it, it's it's tough it's tough so it, you yeah. really i think you got to look deep down inside and see do i do i care about this league do i uh do i want to be in a league that has three quarterbacks you know and then you can maybe make a, a, a bigger decision in life on that but well, it yeah three,
1: be no. three
4: too much two is nice though by the way like I, I'm, a, so, I'm not a
1: fan of the one
4: because let, then let you let can me, just get any
1: you know. so so josh let me let me clarify slightly okay so the way our league is set up and i have had numerous and when i mean numerous arguments i mean to the point where i texted my buddy who runs this league and i said if we do this again i'm done
0: because this is this is bs how many so, how, sorry how many teams are in that league
1: um one second i'm looking
0: uh 12 12 there's
3: not even thirty-six. <laughs> okay, let, let me, let me okay, let me finish. Hold on. First
1: just hold That's on. That's ridiculous.
3: Second. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: So <clears throat> so Josh, we have on a weekly basis, I have to have a starting quarterback who Jared Goff is my starting quarterback. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, oh, then, yeah you know,
3: it's
1: not the worst. My Backup quarterback is Marcus Mariota.
0: Okay, I it's but, kind so of a toss-up. I would imagine between both of those guys each week. But but here's the problem: they're both pretty mid. Yeah. Right. So here's it's the problem. Here lies the problem. I can play Jared
1: Goff, and I can play our flex position. You know how we all have flex positions in our in
0: our in our leagues, right? Oh, a yeah. big big flex guy. Yeah. Big, big flex, flex guy. guy. Yeah. Me too. So usually, a flex guy.
1: Usually, it's a wide receiver, running back, tight end, slot, right? Mm-hmm. This league that I'm in is quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, flex.
0: Not kicker though.
1: No. So that's then, that's discriminatory. Kickers. I, my thank you. So um, if we can have two quarterbacks going, then you got it. We have to have a third one as a backup in case one of those first two is on a bye
0: but you 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 could theoretically slot a quarterback into that flex spot and and start three quarterbacks every single week
1: no i would only be able to start two quarterbacks because the third one's going to be on the bench there's only two spots for quarterbacks
0: oh okay so then i i think i oh, okay yeah
4: so that makes much more sense now. I thought you had to start three quarterbacks. No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry. I misspoke. nine in the 12 team. No, okay. I know. I miss, yeah, okay. I, so you, so you, you got a super flex. You got a super flex and you have two mids quarterbacks, and you want to see if you should substitute one of these subpar quarterbacks for potentially a better position player, even though well, in most scenarios you wouldn't do that because QBs can put up, you know, what well, bigger well, numbers, QBs, right?
1: Exactly. And I feel like I'm at a disadvantage because. Like you know, we've all been saying, how many decent quarterbacks are in the league right now that you can get to be a starter? None, not many, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, there's yep. there's like an elite tier with like Jalen Hurts and maybe Lamar yeah. Jackson is up there when he's healthy. And then it goes downhill
1: from there. Patrick Mahomes. I mean,
0: Josh, jokes aside, Josh I have Allen here.
1: well, jokes aside, I have Taysom Hill also, but I mean that's Taysom Hill. Who the hell knows which Taysom Hill you're going to get every week? Um, so well, what are your what are your options to start over one of these
4: core? I, I guess that's the that's the more important so, question here. Do you have someone that you
1: feel more confident in? Well, this week, it's going to have to be Jared Goff because Marcus Mariota is on a buy, as is Taysom Hill. So oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so I have so many guys on a buy this week that I can only start one quarterback.
0: These late buys are killing me.
1: Oh, They're the worst, and I have known my buddy who runs this league for close to a decade, and I texted him, and I was like, dude, this is fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. I am not doing this league again if we have a super flex position where everybody has to to draft three quarterbacks. I'm done because
0: that's just stupid. Yeah, like, I mean, if it's an, an 18 league and you're looking at 24 quarterbacks, there's going to be eight quarterbacks that are starting a football game somehow, some way, that yes, are probably not on a roster.
2: It also doesn't make the draft very fun because everybody's no. gunning for quarterbacks. Yeah, right? you exactly. right? get
0: quarterbacks.
4: Yeah. Well, exactly. here, I'll, I'll, I'll present the counter to that, though, because, uh, well, Justin and uh, Alex, I don't know if we played in the league together, but when, when we played uh, in the Yadita League, it was two QB leagues back then. That's, a, that's a match. I that's a, like no that. more than two. Yeah, it, it, but this is. It, it, but the, though this it, was two starting spots. You you yeah. have to play two quarterbacks. Uh, I've like played year. It I, like that. Yeah, yeah it sucks so because what you what usually
2: you, have to have yeah. three because you have to you know so have your one backup. one of the yeah you have to have a backup. So. Correct. Yeah, well, you don't necessarily need league, one, but anything you're really, more. You're a risk. If you're in anything more than a ten team league, then that it makes it very difficult to play in.
4: Exactly, and and that's where I was going to say you—you probably shouldn't go more than ten. And I think that's what we did have. But but what I did like about that though is because in normal drafts, you really like my my strategy is I don't take a QB until my like eighth or ninth pick. Like Mm. I don't care who I get because the tenth or eleventh guy is going to be fine. You know they're going to get me fifteen points a game, and now I'm stacked (laughs) at running back and wide receiver, which you know are the tough ones to really get consistent guys that you can like put in there and not worry about. So. I liked that it made the quarterbacks actually have more value. And we were seeing guys like this is back then, but like Drew Brees and Tom Brady were the top two guys, you know, in Manning, those guys would go in the first round when in fantasy and, you know, most competitive single QB leagues, those guys go like second, third. And me personally, I avoid them just because I feel it's not worth wasting a spot, but, but yeah, so it adds up an element of strategy, but, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. With 12 teams and like two, yeah. Essentially, even though it's a super flex, so essentially two QB leagues. Like that's tough. Like they should well, really lower the teams or just make it one QB. Well,
1: Josh, let me let me piggyback off of something that you said because you used the word strategy. Okay. Now I need you to settle a debate for me because this has been a longstanding debate with a lot of people that I've been in fantasy leagues for. I personally hate hate using defensive players.
3: Individual I, defensive I, players
1: or team yes, defense? Indiv- individual defensive players. I can't stand oh, it. Who the does that? My, my not very does.
4: many people. Not very many people, but it does exist. They're called the IDP leagues, and I actually have to write notes for some of those players, and those are my least favorite because I don't play in those leagues. So it's just like, all right, you know, Joey Bosa is really good. Essentially, it's like what what when middle linebackers are, are the targets, right? In those leagues, because tackles are the most. Uh, the most points, so, right?
1: Yeah, well, it could be two twofold. It could be the linebacker because they can get you the fumble recoveries and the, and the sacks. Or the corners can get you the interceptions.
4: Okay, yeah. So there's, like, the higher for the turnovers. I-, I just remember, like, I think I did it once a long time ago. And, like, all the middle linebackers were really good because – yeah, tackles are easy to predict. You know, like picks are, right. you know, they're hit hit or miss. But, but yeah, like, but yeah, I don't, I don't mess. I, I tried it once. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. Oh, it's, I don't even like team defense to be completely honest with you. I, I I think that's, uh, I hate that they got rid of kickers like on Fanduel and and DraftKings and kept defense. They should have got rid of defense and kept kicker. Bastard. Kickers are more exciting. Uh, it's it's a player. You know, you're not just relying on
0: uh, a kick yeah. return or yeah. you know. Anyway, plus like. Plus kickers, there's a strategy there. Like, you can look to target a really good kicker like a Justin Tucker, or you can just stream the position every single week almost. And you're always going to yeah. run into a bye week. And like I had a situation on my team, I have Carlson from the Raiders as, as my kicker. I don't want to drop him. I don't want to drop him and, and slot somebody else in there on on the Raiders bye week. So I ended up. Did he missed the kick else, yet, by the way? And, and, and I carried two
4: kickers. I have
0: no idea. Honestly, did has Carlson missed
4: yet? I I remember I watched like a Raider game a few weeks ago and he, he, he did he made like hundred in a row or something.
0: He was forty-seven in a row and he missed his forty-eighth against the Chargers uh Sunday. Ah,
4: gotcha. Okay, you know? well well, RIP to that streak, but hey, that's a hell uh, that's a hell of a kicker. And no, I, and I, I agree with you, but I also like I like the strategy of the kicker, too. Like, Robbie, Gold is a great one, even though he doesn't have the biggest leg because the 49ers are horrible in the red zone. So, like, I mean, look at the last week. He got, like, four field goals and three extra points. But, you know, like, I I like looking at stuff like that, that there actually is more of a strategy as opposed to – I guess there is for defense, too. But really, it's just like, all right, hopefully they don't get blown out or something, you
2: know? So speaking of strategy, we're going into week 14. This is typically like the last week of the regular season for a lot of people before they go into the playoffs. What's your like main piece of advice for teams that are, you know, about to wrap up their seasons. They're entering the playoffs. What's one thing that like, me as, like, I'm going to the playoffs. What's one thing that I may overlook before, you know, setting my roster next week and say, all right, I'm good to go, that I may say to myself, oh, wait, I should have taken just- a look at that.
4: Oh, okay, cool, I'm back. And sorry, I, I heard it, the audio disconnect for a sec, but I think I got all that. And great question, by the way, um, with it being fantasy playoff season. As did you, you did you
2: get did but, you get it? <laughs> did you
4: hear what I said? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, pretty much, I, I got what you were what you were asking there. And and my I guess the key piece of advice advice and like what I like to do heading into the playoffs is it's a little different from the regular season in a sense that like during the regular season, I'm keeping guys on my bench who may not like you know I'm trying to like stash and like get guys that could take over jobs later. You know, essentially, like, I, I like to have my starters, and then I have a couple guys that I can mix in, and the rest are kind of just, you know, lottery tickets, hoping for the best. Playoffs,
2: though, I mean, it's so all like here's your, especially your football, Jameson Williams type, type tickets.
4: Yeah, yeah. See, like, stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, in the playoffs, I, you know, if, if you got a guy that's, like, you know, been hurt, or, like, for example, like Jerry Judy, a player that I believe is a very good player, but's been banged up and underperforming with, you know, playing with Russell Wilson. But, You know he's kind of questionable injury during the regular season. I might keep him around, but if I need, you know, to rely on someone, it's okay to cut ties with guys that you might have had more, uh, you know, reason to hang on to during the regular season. Um, And then also one one other thing I like to do is if I have, let's say, for example, right now I have Christian McCaffrey, Um, very injury prone, but great fantasy player. So in now that we're entering the playoffs given his history, I want to make sure to get his backup. So right now that would be Jordan Mason. Just have him, and then I'll I'll burn a roster spot on that, and I won't worry about a backup tight end. I won't worry about a backup quarterback because, like, at this point of the season you should have your guys, you know. Coming up.
2: shorter leash on the bench typically is what you're saying, guys that you would usually <laughs> string along yeah. for a couple weeks, just cut bait and get someone who's going to help you that week.
4: Exactly, because it's just just win, baby. You know, it's a playoffs, and then that uh, yeah, that's generally some good general advice that, that I like to follow myself. But you know, just trust
0: your gut. You know, put put your guys out there and hope for the best. You know, what do you think of the way that the Niners and Kyle Shanahan have been utilizing Christian McCaffrey? You know, so far the season, because a lot of weapons in that offense. You mentioned Kittle earlier. Um, I've got Debo Samuel that I mentioned briefly earlier. You're throwing McCaffrey into that backfield. Um, Elijah Mitchell was pretty much splitting carries with McCaffrey until he got banged up. So, mm-hmm. you know, as as a fantasy owner for McCaffrey, how do you see his usage? You know, now with the 49ers. Well, as someone who does have him, and,
4: and for anyone who owns him, you should be very pleased. You should be very excited for this time of year because of what you mentioned with Mitchell. He was kind of eating into his production a little bit. Um, it was good for the 49ers, but it was you know not great for um, McCaffrey's value. But now he's kind of the only guy there because they they made the uh, the short-sighted trade to get rid of Jeff Wilson Jr. So it's kind of he's the guy, and he's also you know a pseudo slot receiver too. So you're seeing it now. He had I think what 26 touches last game. The only risk mm-hmm. with that is of course you know does he have the frame and does he have the uh, ability to you know withstand that kind of workload. Um, I'd be worried if he keeps giving him that kind of – because like you said, there's tons of other players there. You know, Ayuk has been having a great year, Debo, uh, Kittle. Kittle, he basically uses a blocker half the games, and then whenever he does run routes, he puts up big plays. So I'd like yeah, to see kind
1: of – yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, it, like I, I don't get that. You know, there's other tight ends he could use to block. But back to the point, like I, I think that if you're, if you're a McCaffrey owner, you should be very pleased – um, because they are gonna, because of the nature of what happened with the quarterback and Jimmy being pretty much done now, they're gonna be running it a lot. And even if they're playing from behind and throwing, he's an excellent, you know, receiving back. So he's fine. I think all the other guys take a slight hit with a uh, uh, with w- with Purdy time coming in, and see that's what that's what
2: I'm worried about because I'm good. literally a, a Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver one, <laughs> wide receiver two. Status on Ooh, my team wow. right now, so it's not great.
1: Well, right. I could hey, put some mind so Ryan, on
0: that. I can, Ryan, I can, maybe you think about picking up Rock Purdy in a three-quarterback. Yeah,
3: that's a good point. You know what? There you go. Yeah.
0: You no, know he, he didn't a, play.
3: He didn't.
4: He didn't play worse than Jimmy. You know the, no, the, the, he was fine. the he was he wasn't great. He was fine, but I think you know. Well, now with film on him, and we'll see how defenses treat him. But I mean, the Dolphins are blitzing the heck out of him, man, and he. He he did all right. I mean, he he looked a
1: little bit like Nick Mullen Mullen out there, you know. The yeah, so listen, just right to j- just to alleviate any concern, Jimmy uh, actually is avoiding surgery, so you know he might have a chance to come back for the playoffs. That's a wow. major. Decision.
0: So the whole push is still on then. <laughs> yes, what?
1: correct. Yeah. And and the,
4: it could be a storybook ending. He comes in for the playoffs, brings him back, saves him again. You know, saves him from another a disaster in the same season. But they they said, I think, what, what is it? They'd have to win the first game for him to, like, the shortest timetable. So yeah, we are going to have to see Purdy win a playoff game. I do think they'll make it. I mean, they're, what, 8-4 and four now? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mean to go off on a 49ers tangent, but I do cover them for Roto-Wires. So, I've, you know, I'm a big fan, Justin. I, I, so Did you say you were a Chargers fan now? Did I hear that correctly? Did you leave the 49ers faithful?
0: I have completely left the faithful. I'll tell you what did it for me. Wow. Wow. Chip Kelly did it for me. I, I was not a fan of Chip Kelly. I don't think many people were. I was not a fan of, uh, of Kaepernick at the time, and I especially was not a fan of Jed York. And at the time, the direction he was taking the team, and uh, right around that same time period, the Chargers drafted Joey Bosa. So I said, you know what? There are there are local team down here uh, in Palm Springs. So I figured, hey, you know, I'm gonna start checking out some more uh, some more Charger games and um they were fun to watch with uh with daddy philip rivers and they were fun to watch with antonio gates uh toward the end of his career they've always had great receivers they always sling the rock around and they always have uh pretty exciting running backs back there too especially right now with with austin eckler so i said you know what 49ers fuck (laughs) them well uh on behalf of the 49ers, let
4: me let me say this back to you. Fuck you. Yeah, you, <laughs> you go, go to the charges, six and six. You traitor ben, Benedict Justin over here. I mean, they don't you, how dare you?
2: <laughs> they uh, don't win. They're not you very good. Justin Arnold.
1: <laughs> yeah, you sound oh, like a
2: Justin Cowboys Arnold
1: fan. I don't wagon. like to
4: point out. I was gonna say, I like to point out that, like, when people think of Inglewood, uh, they definitely go Palm Springs. You know, that's the <laughs> oh yeah, that's the first connection that comes to mind. One hundred percent. They're practically neighbors. Um, Pretty much. Okay, okay yeah. That, I mean, but you what know, same time. Did, same time zone. Yeah, well, you could have gone to the Seahawks too, then, who actually don't look bad. Geno Smith.
2: Yeah, what's up with that, dude? <laughs> Who okay. would have thought that Geno Smith would be better than Russell Wilson this year? Could have grabbed
0: him in a three quarterback league. Dude, yeah. what? Okay, first of all, <laughs> shut up about
1: the three <laughs> quarterback league. I
0: heard him die. He's a top
1: ten fantasy quarterback this year. Incredible. Okay, what alternate universe did Geno Smith fall out of, and why?
0: What the hell, dude? Yeah, he was he was bound for the USFL at one point.
1: I mean, I'm watching this guy, and I'm going, "What fresh hell is this?" It's you it's know. Pete say, say, it's Pete Carroll's coaching. I, I, yeah, I was gonna say, say, is Pete
3: Carroll
4: just a genius, or
2: that's,
4: that's it? it? Pete Carroll, the quarterback whisper, and then yeah, so it was all Pete Carroll. It was nothing. Russell Wilson did nothing. God, what happened to him? What, what to talk about a uh, okay? So well, uh, yeah,
1: Cliff of the earth. <laughs> Well, the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett because they thought they were going to have a shot at trading for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I remember Nathaniel- that. Well, Nathaniel Hackett was Rogers' yeah, O.C. in yeah. Green Bay.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Well, that
1: backfired.
0: <laughs> well, i
1: yeah, is glad that. he didn't go there either. Well, I guess they kind of sucked, too.
4: Well, no, but here's uh, the thing. Den- Denver Also
2: didn't has a thumb that. injury.
1: Well, Denver didn't want to be without a first-round draft pick. I'm sorry. Green Bay didn't want to be – well, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. Denver didn't want to be without a first-round draft pick for, like, the next decade because that was what it was going to take to get Aaron Rodgers.
4: Gotcha. But now, n- now they have no money for the next decade, and they oh, still no. have no quarterback, apparently. But- is- <laughs> you see,
1: you oh, talk man. about, about all-time all shitty contracts in the NFL, and I guarantee you Russell Wilson is at the top, if not near it.
0: Yeah, he's, he's that's, wild. Yeah, that's
2: That's going to be pretty bad. It already is pretty bad, but they're just they're locked up in that deal for so long, and there's just no viable option moving forward. They traded away a bunch of draft capital and they have a lot of money committed to him. So they just kind of got to write it out. I think the, I, I was reading not too long ago that I think 2026 would be the first year that would make sense for them to, to try and get out of that deal by cutting him. So that's still a long ways away. That's three. Whole well, season. but
1: that's also going to be a shit ton of cap space, dead, dead cap space too, that they're going to probably
4: have.
2: to right? Eat,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Cause it's, Correct. it's, it's yeah. mostly
1: guaranteed, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. But that's like the first year where it makes sense, yeah. Yeah,
4: Yeah. exactly. And that's how long it'll take because, yeah, I mean, they could technically cut them today, but they're going to be losing money and they, yeah, it
2: would make absolutely no sense. And that's still three years out. So, I mean, a lot can happen. No, you know what, guys? He's not looking good.
1: I'm wrong. I realized I just remembered the all-time dumbest NFL contract is Deshaun Watson with Cleveland. That one looks pretty bad
4: too. It's um, only been
0: a week. It's only been a week. Well, it, was, it was a pretty bad week. I think in the end,
4: I think in the end they're gonna end up looking all right on that one. Well, they won't look all right. They'll look horrible in the in the public's eye, but I don't know. I I, I again, still, unless he has like some sort of mental block, he should be uh
1: it is Cleveland,
0: that's a good point. That he, I mean his, they're used to his it, but right
4: so. get derailed anyways because it's it's the Browns, you know.
0: Yeah, at, at add him to what's... the bottom of the running quarterback Browns jersey that that one guy has.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: The the
4: one that started with Tim Couch. Yeah, it started well, with Tim and Couch I mean, and it's got
0: like four guys.
1: <laughs> don't ever forget, there was that wasn't there wasn't it the Cleveland Browns their fan had an obituary where they want the Cleveland, he wanted the Cleveland Browns to be Paul bears or something so he can they can let him down one more time. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Cleveland's That's, fan base is better.
1: That tells me, me all right there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Josh, um real quick, do you want to stick around uh talk some MLB free agency really quick for maybe 10 15 minutes? Yeah, sure, that sounds good. Did Aaron Judge sign with the Giants yet?
4: Do you hear uh, hear about well, that. Now, I'm, I'm the ahead ahead that? that. Not yet, arson but, judge, but I'm I'm really no, I'm quick, arson judge,
0: arson judge,
4: John Haven, man. It's wow. already it's talk already on baseball
0: really- reference, but we're going to get into that. But I just I want to put a bow on the fantasy football talk because you are the expert. We're all a bunch of dipshits, and I want to ask you really quick, selfishly for myself, how do you see the running back situation playing out over the next few weeks here in Dallas with Zeke and with uh, Tony Pollard?
4: Um, I think you're going to see exactly what you've seen barring injury the same thing you're gonna see they they love zeke he's actually playing really well this year like it's, it's not like last year where he looked you know washed up so so i think you're gonna keep seeing an even split pollard obviously the more explosive player and then uh zeke getting those short yardage touchdown opportunities so i think you're happy if you have either of them but obviously pollard's the more exciting player and but zeke is still uh very he he got back into the fantasy uh must start uh category this year i think
1: hey josh um gut instinct where does beckham sign
4: i think it's going to be the cowboys i thought it'd be cool to go to the giants you know have a reunion because they have zero receivers but um i'm 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 thinking cowboys i can't see him in a bills you him wanting to go play in the snow. that would be i don't know
2: Does does his status on his knee uh make any difference on that because I don't know if you read today. Jerry Jones seems to have some concern about his knee being healthy, and uh, if he does sign it all this year, he wouldn't. It would be for you know beyond this season. So, do you think with that in mind, does he still end up on the Cowboys, or do you think a team tries to take a shot on him with the hopes that he might be ready for the playoffs this year? Uh, I still have them as the favorites. Just it seems to be a good fit.
4: They need Mm -hmm. another guy, especially you know, if anything were to happen to to Lamb, who's been playing excellent. They really like Gallup has been underperforming. They do need another receiver. Uh, It it, it would make sense for him. The the injury thing, I did hear about that. I I don't think it matters. I think his response is like, you know, I'll be, you know, I'll be good for you know whoever signs him. But he's not letting. He's he's not letting.
2: He's not letting teams uh, work him out like. It doesn't that isn't that kind of concerning about his status for playing at all this year for any team if he's not even going to let teams work him out before signing a contract.
4: One hundred percent. If it was like anyone but him, you know, you know, he does have that yeah. kind of diva. You know, does what he wants attitude. Sure. And he, You know, let's be honest. He, he's earned. He's earned it for the most part. Um, and I. I that's why I, I. think this is a unique situation. Uh, where, you know, the team's going to want him desperately.
0: Josh, yeah, Josh,
2: what did you do, Josh? Are you underwater? Yeah, Did it disconnect? Oh, yeah, he's oh, did it just
3: get, he's uh, a green okay. texter. I, I don't, I don't you know what's
4: happening. You know, I'm. I'm it's because you're me. a green
2: texter. We all Josh, have. What
1: Josh, what the hell? are you trying to leave oh everybody in suspense, this. dude. Hmm.
4: Okay. Well, the, the the I guess I'll just wrap by saying I think he will go to the Cowboys. I, I think it'll end up being, you know, if not this week, maybe next week. But he does got to get in there soon to learn the system before the playoffs,
0: you know. He's the Conor McGregor of the NFL. He can take a year off. He can not defend anything. He can, he can absolutely roid the hell up all that he wants. And then he can come back line whiskey and be be thrown in, you know, to a title fight right away, and and be absolutely fine.
4: I'd have to agree with you.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. um, I do, <laughs> right. I do want to move on. I do want to talk MLB free agency. Um, we do have a very big signing uh, that just occurred uh, about an hour ago for the San Francisco Giants that I want to dive into. Um. We'll talk about that. I, I want to talk about Trey Turner's deal, of course, Jacob deGrom, the first pitcher off the board going to the Texas Rangers. Um, but again, I do want to mention a sponsor of this episode. I'm talking about Ganzo. Ganzo is a fantastic cloud storage solution that allows users to easily drag and drop files to upload them to their accounts. It's as easy as plugging and playing with free agents uh, in your fantasy roster. Not only is it easy, but it's also secure and affordable and allows users to back up all their files without breaking the bank. Ganzo offers reliable storage, fast transfers and end-to-end encryption so you don't have to worry about security. You can easily share files with friends and family and store, share and collaborate from any mobile device, tablet or computer, which is perfect when you're traveling for the holidays. Ganso is offering special launch deals right now. Keep that in mind right now for gifts for friends and family as well as a free plan where anybody who wants to try Ganso can get five gigabytes of storage for absolutely free. That's right. Five gigabytes of easy and secure storage for free. Ganso backs all their plans with a 14 day money back guarantee. So there's no risk in trying their cloud storage services. Sign up today at ganso.io. That's G-A-N-S-O dot I-O, and explore their affordable cloud storage solutions and claim you're free five gigabytes of free storage today for yourself or friends and family this holiday season. Canso. Wow. That was beautiful. Thank you. Are you a big cloud storage guy, Josh? Have you have you migrated to the cloud now? Oh,
4: I've I've been living in the clouds, uh ever since you I discovered them. Clouds, bro. I, I, yeah, I'm all up in the clouds, bro. Did now now Justin, did you say five gigabytes free? I feel that's uh I feel they can't operate. Uh, giving away I mean, that much free
0: space and if you're looking for like if you're crazy. looking for a christmas gift for like a sibling or somebody that you know like you've totally forgot about until last minute you can say hey i got you five gigabytes of cloud storage that's easy and secure to use and you look like a hero like that's more than a stocking stuffer like that stuff's the whole fire you,
4: do you think that would be a good gift for a side chick possibly
0: yeah for sure like you you can keep your you can share your personal files very easily your personal photos in the cloud it's very secure oh yeah i love swapping photos excellent exactly good you, news. You, you can share your your photos very securely uh up to five gigabytes worth. yeah you're gonna want a Ganzo
2: account Josh. right
4: i'm well, sounding like i missed the boat by not already having one so i'll definitely we'll take
2: see, that they're brand the new photo.
4: so there's still time Oh, wonderful! Excellent.
0: Yeah, but talking about time, man. There's a lot of time on that contract for Jake ground down in the, tip of the Texas Rangers. Oh boy, what, what a transition! You Excellent. like that? Five years starting for a starting pitcher in free agency—that's an eternity, especially for a guy with a in- history of injuries.
4: I was going to say they're going to get about three years of, of action out of there, but you know, if you prorate that's, it, it's good three value, years ground is still pretty good,
0: right? You know?
1: Hey, so you guys are talking about pitchers and free agent deals. This one just broke about thirty minutes ago. Um, Tejuan Walker to the Phillies, four years, seventy-two mil. Tejuan. Tejuan. Tejuan,
4: Tejuan. Tejuan man, you know, Tejuan. I love, Tejuan. 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 I love Tejuan. Tejuan. getting that bag. Ty, good old that, Really, that seems like a large bag for Tejuan, especially for oh, a guy. Sorry, right. I probably tons that of
1: injury bro.
2: Taiwan Walker to wear.
1: Oh yeah, I Philly. definitely mangled that name. Sorry, you can mangle.
0: That's fine. Yeah, no, mangle away.
2: Yeah, it's great. What Phillies? Uh, wow, interesting. So, so yeah, Phillies add Trey Turner. Yeah,
0: huge deal, three hundred million dollars, and yeah. they've got you know, I'm I'm sure that they'll slide him in at shortstop, but World Series favorites? No, yeah,
1: no. With no, a no, guy like Tejwan? No, no, of course. With no. <laughs> No, because the That's Phillies are going to fill I it, and they're, they're going to find a forward. way to mess it up. They're like the Dallas. Cowboys.
2: So, so they make the World Series this year. They improve with two contracts in Taiwan Walker and Trey Turner, and no, they they aren't the
1: spite. favorites. No, okay. I'm saying it out of spite, not okay.
2: Happen. Noon and spite comment. Got it. Damn straight. Very well. It's out of
1: fight. I, I wouldn't
4: move him over to second, though. Would it, wouldn't you agree, Justin, second? Because didn't didn't he botch – isn't he kind of the reason the Dodgers – your Dodgers, by the way, tanked in the uh, in the playoffs this last year? He, didn't he have a couple of bad errors at shortstop? He's not a very good defensive shortstop, right,
0: despite his he's, speed. He's – I would say he's average. He's improved. But I he's – he's got a very strong arm. I don't think – He does. I don't think yeah, he I guess that's $300 million true. on a second baseman. I think that you also slightly, true. Yeah, I, I think Bryson Stott moves over. I don't think Bryson Stott is a world-beater in short either. And I think that that takes a lot of the pressure off of Bryson Stott because Stott is a guy that was booed out of the building and, and couldn't handle it. And then all of a sudden he comes back after calling out the fans in Philadelphia and... He comes back and all of a sudden the fans support him and they get behind him and they cheer him and he totally turns his season around. And he, he I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but from the games that I saw, especially in the World Series, he, he had a fantastic postseason. So I don't think he that you did, have yeah. to necessarily stunt that growth with Bryson Stott, but at the same time, you don't spend $300 million on somebody and say, hey, move over to second base because we really like Bryson Stott. Yeah, no, that's... That's a great point. I was just, I guess, thinking more about the
4: Phillies in general. Like that seemed to be their bugaboo last year, right? The 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 fielding errors. I mean, they got Castellanos in right field, and well, they were forced to with with Harper. Well, they were
1: finger, also but, without. Well, yeah, you know, um, like they were pretty bad. Well, Harper was out for a good chunk of the season too.
0: Yeah, and and he yeah. was regulated to to DH duties, and and he's no slouch in right field either.
1: Yeah, yeah,
4: well, he, he does have that cannon, at least, in there. He would be an upgrade over Castellanos, but, like, that whole, right. like, Reese Hopkins, great bat, but, you know, similar to Castellanos in a way that he's not. Yeah. I mean, he's a pretty bad first baseman, bad fielding first baseman, which is hard to do, right? You don't really have to do a ton over there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the only concern I'd have with them. This team obviously is stacked now. They're looking like they kind of out by stealing Trey from the Dodgers, right, kind of put themselves, I think, into the – preseason contender conversation. But as we all know, that means nothing in baseball, especially with yeah, long season. Nothing. So, yeah, nothing <clears throat> can go. But, but uh, you know, it's exciting. If, if I was a Phillies fan, I'd be pumped about it.
2: Another former Dodger on the move today, Cody Bellinger going to the Cubs, one-year, $17 million contract. Um, as a Cubs fan myself, not really too – you know, thrilled or sad about the move. Either way, um, I think it's a good stopgap while the Cubs. No, wait he's for. taking
1: the he's taking the Jock Peterson route. The prove contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna take. He's taking the Jock Peterson route. He's gonna say, "Okay, watch what I do," and then. You know, he's going to be in Chicago, and then the Cubs are going to trade him at the deadline, and the Braves are going to win the World Series again. It's just math, people. Okay? That's just the way it is. I can see well, that playing well, out. I think
0: all the sabermetric folks
2: would agree. Josh, your thoughts gonna on Cody Bellinger <laughs> going to the Cubs?
4: I have good news for you. I think you should be – I agree it's not the I biggest – I would have loved to have, to have shared all. my
2: thoughts on it, but, you know, go yeah. ahead. <laughs>
4: Well, I'll just say that if if I were a Cubs fan, I would be pleasantly surprised there was only a one-year deal, and be totally cool with that because yeah. you know you're you're glad it's not a a seven-year deal for a guy that you know has tremendous talent. We've seen it, but you know it hasn't. It has. It's been going downhill for the past couple of years. But but how, how do you feel, Alex? Do you think this? Uh, I think, think it's this the perfect uh, stopgap
2: for. They're, I mean, they're waiting for their outfielders and Brennan Davis and Pete Crow Armstrong to come up probably another season or two um, before that happens. So, I mean, right now they've got, say, a Suzuki in right field is like their, their one mainstay along with Ian Happ. So I think he fits in perfectly in center field. Um, he's a guy who can give, you know, Patrick Wisdom a day off over at first, assuming the Cubs don't make another move there um in order to keep wisdom at third so there's some versatility there i like the move and uh like ryan said i think this is all leading up to a move at the deadline you know hopefully he can hit you know 234 with seven homers at the deadline which was more than probably anybody would expect right now with his bum shoulder um but you know he's moving to uh chicago where marijuana is legal so i'm sure he'll thrive um in the city of Chicago
4: <laughs> from LA
2: where it was. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. He frowned that's, upon. That's, also, that's what I'm saying. So how do you it think though? LA? <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's where he got Probably. all his MVP juice from was from the dispensary. So as long you as know, in he's got those in Chicago, he'll be fine. But yeah, yeah.
4: No: sure. Oh, by the way, Pete Crow Armstrong, excellent name and excellent future stars card in MLB the show 22, by the way. Yeah. He was a mainstay in my center field as a free
2: card. Yeah, what, his, what does he
4: switch? Which uh, contact, speed, great fielding, right?:
2: uh, I believe he's just a left-handed hair. Um, I think you're right.
4: Either way, right,
2: actually. His, his mother is uh, Billy Haywood's mom in the movie "Little Big League. No. Yeah. Interesting. I did not uh, know that.
4: Pete Carr. My Charlie. mother didn't lie. You do learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. I watch that movie every week.
2: Never oh, do that. Yeah. Well, maybe it, maybe in 1996 we did, but not now. Certainly. Anyways, uh, other moves. Josh Bell to the Guardians. I love that move for Cleveland, um, solidifying their first base position. Um, you know, Josh Bell goes over to the Padres in the Juan Soto deal was very, you know, not so good out in San Diego. It goes from, you know, uh, a pitcher's park to kind of another pitcher's park. But he, he, he his strikeouts went way up, and I don't think he has that same problem going to Cleveland. It Got was it. an interesting move.
4: I, I, I think that um, – oh, do you, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Okay, good. There, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a solid move. I don't think it's one that puts Cleveland. I wasn't say over the top. I mean, I guess they were a playoff team this year, and they did uh, give the Yankees a yeah, run was- for their money. But yeah, yeah, no, and and it's a it's a pretty crap division too. So they can definitely do it again. Um, I, I just Josh Bell. Maybe it's because I had him and I had him for a few years in my uh, NL only league playing fantasy baseball that. I had one great year from him when I think it was his, it done, last yeah. year with the, with the
2: Pirates. Yeah,
4: yeah, and then he never really reclaimed it. And you know, as you mentioned, what was it? He went. Uh,
2: yeah, like, I believe you're thinking of oh, oh, 20, yeah. 2016 was the year that he went off, and uh, yeah. then the next year everybody was you know high on him at first base, and uh, you know reaching for him probably in like the fifth, sixth round. And then he was uh, not hitting at probably a a fourteenth or fifteenth round level.
4: Exactly, and and I kind I kind of lucked out a little bit. I had him for a dollar, and this was a contract dynasty league, so I locked him up. I had him for that one year, and then I locked him up for three years at eleven bucks, and then I got stuck with him for three years at eleven bucks. Which, I guess, I'm glad it wasn't higher than eleven bucks, but at the same time, it was kind of a. You know, I could never drop him, and I just kind of had him stuck there at first base. But either way, you know, for for the you know switch hitter, got pop. You know, uh, he'll he'll fill a need for the Indians for sure. And what, what was it? I think like two years, like forty something, maybe. Yeah, it was uh, two years,
0: thirty three. Uh, yeah, and he's he's a Terry Francona guy. He is.
4: Yes. Oh well, then, I mean, if he's a Terry Francona guy, then. That well, really Tito, is going to work out. He's, for the, he's, he's the kind First of guy Garden, that Tito Guardian, Francona gets
0: fantastic value out of because he'll he'll move him up and down that lineup all throughout the course of the year based on how he's hitting. And if he hits 220, okay, fine. If he hits 320, okay, fine. He'll always have a slot in Terry Francona's lineup because Tito Francona knows how to get the most out of hitters and especially power hitters.
2: So let's talk. That is proven. Let's talk about the erroneous (laughs) message we got today.
0: Well, uh, hold on. Before we get into that, the Giants, this is breaking right now. So Uh, I I say this, this is about 11 hours from when this podcast is going to go live. So this may be old news by tomorrow morning. I'm sure it will be because this this (laughs) is a pretty major signing that the Giants have just made mitch Haniger, three-year <laughs> deal right-handed power bat that they've always desired what do we think about mitch Haniger to the giants does that affect their plans this is that then? just happened three-year deal 43 and a half million dollars for mitch Haniger. does that 43 wow. and a half million dollar commitment is that kind of a backup plan to maybe what was reported earlier today with aaron judge and that maybe not coming to fruition I think you nailed
4: that on the head, and, and and it's very upsetting as a as your resident Giants fan here to hear that because uh, Mitch Haniger, fine player, he's really a platoon guy. I mean, i, I but fine, but he, or like you said, with the erroneous report that I believe Alex was talking about. That was what I was uh, alluding to,
2: yes. I
4: figured because I was so excited, like to talk about Aaron Judge signing today on this podcast. Because so I was waiting. driving, it was, it was oh, in the notes oh, and oh, it. it
0: wasn't in the notes. Ar- Arson Jones,
4: yeah, uh, Ar- uh, Ar- Arson Jones. Arson <laughs> Judge, Arson Jones. Uh, Arson jo- Arson Jones. <laughs> no, he's Arson, Arson Jones. Jones is a good rap name. He's Arson Jones. Yeah, yeah, man. that's a good rap name. Um, but the yeah, man. I mean, it's fine, Haniger, fine. But like you said, I think that. that that's now, like, maybe they got the news that, that they weren't going to get Judge now, and now they're just desperately trying to get whatever's left. And that's what was going to be the problem here for both them and the Yankees. It's like whoever loses out on him is going to have, like, a ton of money and nothing to pick, not a whole lot to pick
2: from. A lot of the big names have already fallen, you know. Where does Carlos Correa end up? Just very quickly.
0: No, Scott. Scott Boris' client. I mean, yeah. when
2: meetings are going on
0: right now, I would imagine the Boris would want to start laying the groundwork for that, that. That's so, kind
2: of where I'm leading to. Is, yeah. is it possible that Correa and Judge end up in the same place?
4: Ooh, that's a lot of money.
2: I I hope they both go to the Giants. That would fill a couple of needs. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of what I was getting reason. to. The, the Giants <laughs> seem to be a good fit for Judge and Correa.
4: Definitely, definitely. I mean, everyone knows the connection with Judge. You know, this is where he's from. The Yankees right. kind of scorned him last year, so you know, if there's any place he's going to go, I think it's here. I didn't even, th- I didn't even fact. I've been so Judge focused, I didn't even think about Correa. But yeah, I mean, that he w- he would be a great fit there too. But I-, I do think that potentially, if it isn't what you described, I think it's to be a situation uh where the other team gets the other guy, and you know. You know, well, Correa, or you know, how, how many other big names are even still out there? I know Verlander
0: just—Verlander uh, is still
4: out there, right?
0: Ryan, fill us I'm in. Trying to Dansby
1: Swanson really quick.
0: Has he signed?
1: <clears throat> so, well, first of all, uh, Dan So Verlander just went to the Mets. Two years, eighty-six. Yeah, yeah. But that's you're right. v. Swanson.
2: Yeah, um, he, he hasn't signed yet. No, yeah, okay.
0: So, so here's here's where I'm going with this keeping it in the NL East Mets had made some additions Taiwan Walker Justin Verlander they're doing it with pitching the Phillies they offered Trey Turner this is a rumor but it was it's basically not at this point allegedly they offered Trey Turner a 342 million dollar contract or sorry that was the the Padres offer yeah. that mm-hmm. the Phillies end up signing Trey Turner 300 million and, and taking him off the board in the NL East so you still got the Padres who made that $342 million offer to Trey Turner before he signed in Philly. And, you know, tax purposes, cost of living, chasing a ring in Philly, a team that was just there, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of reasons why Turner turns down that that extra $42 million. But if we're if if that rumor is true, and if the Padres did go out and make a $342 million offer, then Who's to say that they also wouldn't be interested in Korea yeah. at that point? Probably, a nope. cheaper, definitely a cheaper
1: option. No, nope. uh, no, nope. I know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Tansby Swanson is going to go to the Dodgers. I hope You're not. Then. And I'll tell you why. Because that whole issue with Freddie Freeman and his agent last year about how there was the you know the the prevailing idea or notion that that um freddie freeman's agent withheld information and that the braves never got to make the final offer yeah and he steered his client to la um freddie freeman and and dansby swanson shared the same agent
4: Oh, and I will say, so you're thinking that there'd be a repeat, repeat offense here.
1: Oh, yes. And, I, and, I, and I'll tell you something right now. I think their agent is the most unprofessional piece of shit in Major League Baseball.
0: But I think he's going to put his final redemption if, if he helps Dansby you know, sign an above market deal with LA. Well, you and I have had many arguments
1: about this. So we're always going to be on the other, on, on different, differing sides of this argument. But I think he is going to steer Dansby away from Atlanta out of spite.
4: I heard yeah. he also doesn't tip at restaurants, too.
1: But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. <laughs> Dansby Swanson, I think, I think played himself. <laughs> he wears socks with sandals. sandals.
2: Yeah, that's
4: a problem. Hey, I do that, actually. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go on the record of saying I do that un- unabashed, unashamed. Socks with Josh. Around. You do
2: socks, and
4: sandals, socks with my my slides. Yeah, come on. I mean, man. slides
0: are sandals, right? With your UFOs? Yeah. You know, no, they're like sweet.
4: Puma. They're like just they're like athletic slides. I wear socks. I go to the grocery store. You know, do you? I don't wear, have like, to. Explain myself. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't.
2: I don't know what an athletic slide is. No. Those those I'll, two I'll things. Send you, I'll send you a pair for, for,
4: for Christmas. They have really nice oh. ones at Ross. Is that the most athletic shoe that you own? No, of course not.
0: Um, <laughs> no. those would be my Crocs. Those would be my Crocs. I was oh, say, crocs. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're a Croc guy. Yeah. yeah. You, 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 you pull that little heel strap up to engage turbo
4: mode. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's like the Heelys, you know, or the backpacks with the wheels
3: yeah. in, in middle school. So yeah. just, it's efficiency. the same, same so sort of check. Rag.
2: So check check it out guys. We're we're all not we're all 90s kids here the the hall of fame let's get into this because we saw fred Dunk mcgriff around. we saw fred mcgriff the crime dog uh, get inducted to the hall of fame take a look at the ballot a lot of these names we all recognize we saw them as children you know playing baseball i'm not sure a lot of these guys are hall of fame worthy what do you I, think okay I mean Scott Rowland, even Fred McGriff for
0: me was a borderline Hall of Famer.
2: Yeah, I mean all of these though. I mean I think Fred McGriff. I mean Gary Sheffield probably too, but Scott Rowland, you know I'm Andrew, cool with Andrew Jones, I,
0: a- I, a- Andrew Jones, I would yeah,
4: yeah, yeah a- a- Andrew Jones and Sheffield. I- I'd put them both in there. R- Rowland was great, but you're right, he's borderline. But I am very happy to hear this though because I about uh. What was it? I want to say six months ago I bought a pack of like legend like baseball cards and he was the like signed one on top, which would have been well, an L, Well, McGriff- was a Hall of Famer. No,
2: no, no. McGriff is the only one that was inducted. Oh, McGriff- oh okay. McGriff that was just the, the only list. one. I'm talking about the ballot itself. You got Scott. Oh, yeah. If we're going through percentage of the vote that, you know, didn't get inducted, you got Scott Rowland got 63%. Todd Helton, 52 Billy Wagner 51, Andrew Jones 41, Gary Sheffield 40 and then it kind of tapers off from there. Alex Rodriguez, Jeff Kent, Manny Ramirez, Omar Vizquel, Andy Pettit, Jimmy Rollins, Bobby Abreu, Mark Burley, Tory Hunter. So <laughs> Tory Hunter, that's funny. Getting uh getting a a, a vote in there. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I take a look at this list and I don't uh, other than Fred McGriff, I don't really think there's any surefire. I mean, we're not going to count Alex Rodriguez or, or Manny, which, you know, before steroids, they would have been day one Hall of Famers. But I don't know. Is is anyone on that list? Do you see them getting in in the near future? Maybe Todd Helton? I don't know.
4: Yeah, I was going to say Todd Helton could be borderline. I and mean, he had a great career. Core's effect. But, you know, great player. But what about Jeff Kent? You, you don't think he deserves to be in there? I mean, we all know he probably juiced, but, you know, he never got busted for it. So, what, thir- didn't he, he want to MVP 30 home runs, 100 RBIs
0: at second base? Not yeah. bad. Pretty yeah. Different. yeah, he's, he's one of the best second basemen ever, and I know that Ryan is with me on this as a, as a Braves guy. And, Andrew Jones, I think, has to be in. Just for his defensive abilities – Alone, if you're going to put Edgar Martinez in the Hall of Fame as a designated hitter, you have to that put Andrew Jones. You have to put Andrew Jones in in the Hall of Fame as one of the best center fielders to ever play the game and pretty much define an entire era of what a center fielder should be.
1: Well, you have to
0: put McGriff.
1: I think McGriff and Andrew Jones belong in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm less so on McGriff because I think that what Andrew Jones did. Is more unique than what McGriff did when you just go numbers for numbers.
4: I I'd have to agree with you there, Justin. Honestly, I think if McGriff didn't have the nickname, he might have been bumped out. You know, like I think that kind of gave him <laughs> right. a little uh, uh, the, just the extra push to get over. No disrespect to the man or his career.
2: He had the yeah, least you know, amount. He had the least amount of WAR uh, out of all of the position players I mentioned on that list. He was the least so.
0: Yeah, I mean, 284 batting average for his career, 493 uh, home runs. So he falls short of the 500 benchmark that everybody points to. 72 stolen bases. I mean, he's not, he's not, a, he's, he's no Ricky Henderson. <laughs> well, I, I
2: mean, <laughs> but he's got that, that helicopter chops swing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that, that's, that's a Hall of Famer. Oh, okay. You know, I, he
2: was on the Mike Amansky video, you know, the play baseball better. And I, I think that's why all these writers—they're like, "Oh, he's—he's he's he's the Amansky video. He's the crime dog." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I do mean, you think about Billy Wagner? Does he ever get in? I know there was a time where he was flirting with it when they were, you know, talking about closers and Mariano Rivera getting in. Does Billy Wagner ever get in? Edgar
0: Martinez gets in as a DH. Yeah, I know. You have to put one of the best closers of the era. But they—I mean, they did
2: that. I thought our resident
0: Braves guy. Right, but true. Braves guy, chime in.
2: Yeah. Billy Wagner played for the Braves for what, two, three seasons, one season, yeah. something like that before he retired. What do you think about Billy Wagner? Uh it's so a Phillies guy. Phillies and Astros uh, guy most of the time.
1: Yeah, I, I, I no, that's four hundred twenty-two
2: saves, nearly twelve hundred career strikeouts over nine hundred three innings.
1: Well, if we're going numbers to numbers, you can't you can't make that argument depending on the guy. It's it's either going to be we're going numbers for numbers or we're not. So I mean, well, well numbers how are we have to be him?
2: considered. I, I mean, mean, this why dude finished
0: wh- his career with a whip under one. Yeah, okay, well, then Why can't we, 0.
1: we, 0. Why can't we use the numbers? This guy
0: did not put guys on base. Well, then why can't we put?
1: Why can't we use numbers for Fred McGriff then?
0: Because his numbers suck. <laughs> Compared to you know <laughs> everybody else in the Hall of Fame, okay. Even even if I you're looking more, by war, the way, can, can, can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're back. Yeah, Fred McGriff sucks, and Billy Wagner's all good. Hall to do that. Now you're all caught up. Uh,
4: I, I, I'm am I'm, I'm I'm caught up, and I agree with both those. Billy Wagner, the original rising fastball, even though it's still physically supposed to be impossible. I believe it rose when I watched him. Is <laughs> a is a you. He
0: uh, amazing amazing. They haven't even invented a metric for that yet. That's, that's Moneyball 3. That, up, that's that's Billy Wagner rising, rising fastball. fastball. <laughs> Billy Wagner <laughs> rising fastball. Moneyball 3. Get, get Billy, Elon this Musk. is Billy it's Wagner. His defect space. is that his fastball <laughs>
4: rises. <laughs> his fastball rises to space. <laughs> now, <the laughs> great, great player, though. Another uh, Alex Fun and Justin, too. And Ryan, I don't know if you play be The Show. A great card to use in MLB The Show. Dominant lefty, nasty break, filth, Hall of Famer. I say,
0: Hall of Famer Billy Wagner. He's in. Josh, says does he? He's in. he's in. Does he go in as a Brave? <laughs> no? that- I think
2: He's got. He's got. Does he go. have the
0: A on his head?
2: Did he? Did he get uh, released and then sign like a one-day contract somewhere to no go does he go in as? Uh, no, he goes in as an Astro for sure. He's a seven-time
0: All-Star. He's got he's he's won the World Aids Relief Award, Hall of Famer. Yep. So if
2: we're putting Did Billy Wagner, H H ever sponsor
4: awesome. that? They should do the the Preparation H Relief Award.
2: See, like, Not, I think it was just Aids and uh, yeah, just Re- Re- reliever of the year. I think Re- that's like yeah, doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't matter. I thought there was no.
2: another one. It, you're right. It doesn't matter.
4: To, so me, so is, that's to
1: me, God.
2: Billy Wagner's agent was Bean Stringfellow, in case you guys wanted to know that. So he that's, should get in dude, just name.
0: I like that. Bean
2: he
4: Stringfellow? that have been that, a hell of an that,
0: agent. That guy should be in the name Hall of Fame.
4: Yeah, man.
0: So here's okay. We we can add that. Here's my thoughts on the Hall of Fame and where it stands right now. You need to get rid of I mean, this game is fucking a hundred and 50 years old so we need to get rid of the collective hall of fame with the plaques and everything and i think that it should be broken up and divided by era and not era of like this is the this is the steroid era and this is the the loaded ball era and you know this is the dead ball era i'm talking about eras that you just break it down by time you know 20 years 30 years 10 years whatever it is And you have different wings because I think that the Hall of Fame, number one, what it's turning into, whether you agree with this or not, I believe it's turning into, first of all, the Hall of Very Good. But these, these players that are being inducted into the Hall of Fame, they're being measured against the other players that they played against in their era. And Josh is a Giants fan. I think the general consensus is that Buster Posey, he'll probably end up as a first ballot Hall of Famer. His career is nearly identical to Thurman Munson. And and, and Thurman Munson wasn't even close to getting into the Hall of Fame. But numbers for numbers, very, very similar careers. But Buster Posey was one of the best in his era to play the position. And he redefined the catcher position as really an athletic position while also producing offensively. So I think that it almost needs to be divided up by eras if it's still going to be used as a tool to educate people about the history of the game. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you, and I and I
4: th- that's where what you guys kind of talked about earlier, where numbers, you know, numbers definitely do play a role in it, but you can't just only take the numbers because what you just mentioned, you know, if you like, if you take his numbers, he had some seasons where only he hit like, you know, eight to twelve home runs, but you know, the, he changed it. Like catchers never hit like, really, occasionally they hit for average, and if they did, they didn't have much pop or do anything else. He, you know evolved into the whole package. He was not a great defensive catcher at first either. No, um, you know, converted. he was definitely off, played,
0: so. played all nine positions coming out of, uh, of Florida State.
4: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, he played sh- great shortstop. I was hoping he'd get one game there towards the end of his career, you know, kind of like they put Pablo at second base and stuff like that. But anyways, uh, I would be disappointed if he wasn't a first battle Hall of Famer. I, I don't really think there's anything you can look at in his career and really say uh, that he wasn't. The best. I mean, even when he was declining, you know, a little bit at the end, he still was always one of the best hitting catchers in the league. So uh, I, I think that that what you said about eras and comparing against contemporaries, like I think they kind of do that already. I, I just don't like that the way it's done now. I, I agree. It needs changes. I hate that it's this whole, OK, you can't get in unless like you bow down and admit you like cheated. I'm, of course, speaking of the steroid era people. The mm-hmm. fact that Andy Pettit's even on that, right? Like, why is he even on the list? Um, you know, he got busted for that, right? And he but, he, but what's the difference? He came out and apologized So, what he can get in now. Like, Pete Rose should be in there. Uh, he's the hit king. I don't care what the hell he did. It's just I, I don't like that we have these people that we hold out. It's supposed to tell the history of the sport. It's supposed to teach the future about, you know, the the greats of the past. I don't like the gatekeeping with keeping some of the guys in and out. I'd say let those steroids guys in. They need to be recognized. And, yeah, like you said, maybe not call it the steroid era, but it is an era. We can't ignore it. It happened, and we all were a part of it, and we were fans and watched it, and MLB allowed it to happen. Um, so that's my thoughts on it. It's kind of one of those things everyone's going to have different opinions on, you know, older generation, newer generation. But I'm in the boat of it's time to – it's getting a little – it's getting a little bit to be too, yeah, like, you know, compartmentalized. And I think they need to kind of re, redo the, the the evaluation system and maybe get more than just writers in on it. Maybe get some former players in or, you know, that's, coaches. That's,
2: it doesn't have to be just one group. That's my whole issue. We've
0: got the contemporary era voters, right, that that are players that, that are going to be voting on these on these steroid era players now going forward?
2: Uh, that yeah, not... didn't they just have that? Long, you know, I, I thought they
4: just had that and they denied Bonds and Clemens again like even those guys did but, yes, but um, I just heard it was called the contemporary uh, vote or whatever I didn't really look into who it's comprised of and whatnot.
0: yeah I think it's former players I'm doing me a Google right now old trusty Google Feel free to speak amongst yourselves. Well,
4: but yeah, like that was – Alex and Ryan, do you guys – what are your thoughts on Pete Rose, in, in or
0: not? you think he should be in there? I think he's in. I'll tell you what. Uh, one way or another, he's suspended indefinitely. Oh, got him. He <laughs> Nice self-plug there as well. Very good. Yeah, but I – Either way, I think that you have to include the steroid guys because, like you said, it it tells the history of the game. It tells the story of the game. It happened. It affected a lot of records. It probably affected a lot of championships. So the story needs to be told. It's it's hard to tell you know, fans that that's the direct reason why it happened, but you have to say that maybe these players were doing this while I would have to assume the vast majority of the league was not.
4: Yeah, and then w- wording—it's going to be the tough part too, like you just said. Because how, how how do we even know? We only know about the ones we know about, but you know that's not it. I mean, it's and that's not even close to, you know, how many people were actually doing it. So, it's it's a tough one. But you know, I, I I love the sport. I think there should be a Hall of Fame. I I wouldn't mind maybe. Does the MLB run their own Hall of Fame, or is that like an independent? Does that, do do any of you guys know? Is that like an independent group that that runs everything at Cooperstown stuff, or is that? I think it's officially MLB. the
0: MLB. I think MLB okay. runs it. Yeah. So it's it's Chipper Jones, Greg Maddox, Jack Morris, Ryan Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, Alan Trammell, Paul Beeston, Theo Epstein, Artie Moreno, uh, Kim Ng, Dave St. Peter, Ken Williams, Steve Hurt, Lavelle Neal, and Susan Slusser are on the 16-member committee that will vote on players who appear on the contemporary <laughs> baseball-era ballot so there there are a lot of former players um obviously you know you have an owner in there you have a gm in there uh, and some writers as well so it is very player heavy and should, should we have players voting on the hall of fame eligibility of you know i understand that it's their peers but these players that they played against that are very much perceived as cheaters
4: and so i think they should be allowed to voice their opinion by the way, do you say Artie Moreno's on that on that? Yeah, I don't know about Artie Moreno, but I, sure. Why the fuck? Why that? is he on there? Like I, I don't trust his judgment for his own team, his own roster, <laughs> let alone picking you know who's in the hall of fame. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Alex, you, you you were saying?
2: Yeah, you know who I think should pick Hall of Famers? And I know this is gonna sound, you know, totally non biased coming from me. I don't think it should be writers. I think it should be the ones calling the games, the broadcasters. Because they're the ones who watch these players every single freaking day. They're not, you know, writing from some perch in a press box that they may pay attention, you know, a couple of innings here or there. A lot of the times these decisions should come down to broadcasters because they, you know, interact intimately with these players too, um, you know, pre and post game. So I don't know. I think, if there's going to be anybody who makes these decisions, if we're picking a whole new slate of, of people to choose from to, to do this voting, I think it should be the broadcasters.
0: I, I really like that point because broadcasters, they've got the temperature of the team. They've, they're in the locker room. They understand what's going on. They travel with the team in, I mean, in, in most cases. But they also have the other side of it, and that's the fan base. And they understand what these players mean to the game you're not necessarily seeing a lot of fan interaction with susan slusser but you're seeing a hell of a lot of fan interaction with the broadcasters it's the lens that fans absorb the game on a daily basis and because of that the broadcasters see it from both sides they see the fans and they see what a particular player means to the fans and that's what the hall of fame is all about it's all about the fans and it's telling the story of the game so i think that's an excellent point Yeah, we'll for let's. Sure. I,
4: I'd agree with that. I think they should definitely be included in it as well. Yeah, at the bare minimum, should be included to the group. Maybe get some. So it looks like they're making some changes, right? Yeah, That's, they're uh, hopefully they
0: more. It's it's in the yeah. transitory era, I would say, the baseball hall of fame. Well, good. We solved a lot of problems here today. I think.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah we got. I'd it. say so. Got yeah, through it. Answered a lot of uh, fantasy football questions. Thanks for coming on, Josh. Really appreciate your yeah, episodes. no
4: problem. Thanks for having me.
2: I'd, I'd, I'd love to come on again
4: sometime. Maybe, maybe during the fantasy playoffs, you can see how things things are going around then.
0: That would be fantastic. Yeah, we can check back in with some of our uh, horrible predictions, and you know, yes. 100 percent success rate is uh, is on the line, and I'm sure that it'll be upheld as it always here on suspended indefinitely. Also want to mention our sponsor once again, Ganzo. Thanks for jumping on uh, for this episode. Um, looking forward to uh, having Ganzo supporting us next week as well. Um, Ryan, uh, thanks for jumping on. Um, again, glad to hear that you're uh, happy and, and healthy after missing us last week. And um, yeah, look for this, uh, you know, across all of your favorite podcasting services. Listen to it once on Apple, listen to it twice on Spotify, three times on Google, so on and so forth. And uh, I'm Justin Reschke. Um, really quick, uh, Josh, is there anything that, that you you want to plug uh, anybody that you're writing for right now that you want to give a shout out to?
4: Uh, I'll just reiterate, I write for Rotowire Incorporated. They, you know, do those little fantasy updates for ESPN and Yahoo, you know, when you click on a player. So that's what I do. I cover the 49ers, anyone who plays Sunday night football generally. Um and hopefully doing some other stuff, too, uh, down the road. I got some stuff in the works, but we can talk about that another time. Perfect. you uh, again for having course. me on, guys. Yeah. Newton, shout-outs?
1: Final thoughts? Nope. Nope. Thanks for coming on, Josh. Cool. You can
2: Free find you us. guys. Have a good one. All right. You can find us on Instagram at suspended.indefinitely and on Twitter at podcast.
0: Perfect. Yeah, check those out. Alex has been uh, doing a lot of good work with our social media, so – Find us on socials. Find us here. Find us next week, Wednesday mornings. And uh, that's it for Suspended Indefinitely, December 7th. Look forward to having you back next week. Goodbye, You've been Suspended Indefinitely.